I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 346. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're already singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week's song, Rise Up, Lazarus, by the Kane Band, is an anthem that points us to a very specific story in Scripture, as well as an important thought that weaves its way throughout the New Testament. I can't wait to dive into Scripture with you today, inspired by this song. So first, let's listen. Come on and specific phrases in this chorus caught my attention. The first is you're alive now and the next one is you're brand new. And I want to explore this idea found in scripture and round out our time together looking closely at the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. But if you're new to the podcast, you might not realize that my episodes are a whole lot less about the music and a whole lot more about the scripture the music inspires me to explore. Now each week I share my journey through the scripture with you and I share with you my process and I have these go-to habits that I call Bible interaction tool exercises or bites for short and it is my hope that you will not only follow along with my train of thought by exploring scripture and interacting with scripture but that you will ultimately incorporate my bites into your daily habits And that in doing so, you'll get more out of your time in God's word, because I fully believe that God will reveal himself in new ways to you once you are committed to time and interaction in his word. And so, of course, those bites just help you do that, right? So it's like you can want to do it, and now you're going to have some tools in your tool bag to help you do that. So this idea that you are alive now implies that at one time you were not alive, right? So what does scripture say about that? Well, it clearly teaches that apart from Christ, you are indeed dead. Ephesians 2 specifically teaches that you were dead in the trespasses and sins. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, Let's not just pull that one verse out, however. Let's look at this verse in context. This is my favorite go-to bite reading in context. My favorite Bible interaction tool exercise. Make it your habit to take the single verses at the top of your daily devotional or the single verse that your pastor may use in his sermon this Sunday or that you see on an Instagram post and go read it in light of the other verses around it. 
And my favorite way to define context is to read at least the chapter. So if it's a single verse, read at least that whole chapter, Uh, perhaps even the chapter before and the chapter after the one that you're focusing on. Now, for my purposes today, I want to take this first verse of Ephesians chapter two. I want to read it with the verses following it. And is it true that we were dead in trespasses and sins? Yes, but this truth will become rich, even richer to you as you keep reading. So let's keep reading. As you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, Holy cow, that's just the first two verses. So you can learn a whole lot about trespasses and sins here. Uh, Of course, we're going to focus in on the dead part and we're going to focus in on becoming alive. But as you're reading, you went, wow, there's a course of this world. There's a prince of the power of the air that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom, verse three, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Holy cow, lots in there too, but just keep reading. But God, but God, my favorite two words, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That is so rich. So that's just the first 10 verses. And we did that so that we could get the context or the understanding around what it meant that we were dead in trespasses and sins and kind of where that led. So this passage teaches us that it was God who made us alive together with Christ. We are raised up to new life at salvation. And this picture of resurrection is extremely important throughout scripture. We will eventually explore this scene with Lazarus because of our song. But the ultimate example, of course, is Christ himself. And and this line of thinking takes the bite of exploring a theme or a topic in the Bible. Now, we've been doing this quite a bit lately on the podcast. And this brings up something that will happen in your study time in God's word. There will be some bites that you are more comfortable with. Uh, I think context is my favorite because I'm most comfortable with it. It's it comes most naturally. It's it's um it's like a warm blanket for me. There will be some patterns of thought and study that are like an old friend. You can just pick up right where you left off. And if these patterns are serving you well and you are digging deep and the father is meeting there, meeting you there, then then keep after it. And if you find that you are aimless or stale, And try something new to mix it up. Your relationship with the Father and His Word is that important. So let's go back to where we first started. You're alive now, implied that we were dead. And in fact, we were dead in our sins before we were made alive by God in Christ at salvation. So let's take this line of thinking over to Romans chapter 6, where we read in verse 11, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. All right, so 
we've discovered that we 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 died. We were made to al- made alive uh, by God in Christ at salvation. If we follow that same pattern, then we will read all of chapter six. All right. So we've got this verse eleven that says, "You must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus." So let's read all of chapter six and study it to understand what Paul was trying to say to the original audience in this letter before we try to understand what it's saying to us. But as I read it, I want to read it with this topic or idea that I am dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. Um, And then I see a question like this one. How can we who died to sin still live in it? (laughs) That's what our song and our scripture is calling us to rise up from. The death and power of sin over our lives. Paul asks another question and he gives the answer. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So we were died and we and we were buried. We died and we were buried in order that we might walk in newness of life. That's what the scripture is teaching us. Perhaps you are living your Christian life, having a glimpse of what you were saved from, but not really understanding what you were saved to. We were saved to walk in newness of life. We were saved to rise up and walk in newness of life. And as I studied in Romans 6, and I thought I would take at least a day this week, um, and, and study that I would do that. I would do the same. Take a whole day and just spend your time in this chapter, really reading it slowly and thoughtfully. And that's another bite, by the way, slow down. There's no prize for reading it quickly and then moving on to the next thing. But as I slowed down and really unpacked Romans chapter six in light of our topic, in light of our theme, I saw the type of death we share with Christ, which is crucifixion. Uh, In verse 5, it says, For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall surely be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we've died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. All right, so as we keep reading and studying in Romans chapter 6, we see God's grace. Uh, Keep reading to see what's on the other side of walking in newness of life. Keep reading Romans 6 to see freedom and fruit and eternal life in Christ is beautiful. Just keep reading it, okay? But we're going to take the bite of following the cross reference to Galatians to explore being crucified with Christ. But as a recap thus far, this is where we've come so far. We acknowledge that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God made us alive in Christ at salvation in order that we might walk in this newness of life. And Romans 6, 6 reminds us of this. It says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And Galatians 2.20 puts it this way. I have been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And if you keep reading in Galatians, you come across the thing that I'm sure you've experienced in your own life. And that is opposition to this walking in newness of life. Uh, In verse 16 of chapter 5, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Right. So we've probably you've experienced this, I'm sure, just in practical living. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And he goes on to give a list of the works of the flesh that are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I know you see this in the world today. You may even see it in your own life. Please heed scripture (laughs) as serious as it is. These are the works of the flesh, but the fruit, verse 22, of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who begin to, I'm sorry, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. All right, this is rich stuff, you guys. This is what we're after is to really understand how to walk in this newness of life and to realize that there is something that's opposed to us walking in this newness of life. So if our flesh has been crucified, if it's truly the dead, then, then why do we have to continue to fight it? Well, it's just another picture of the now and the not yet. Yes, we are free from the power of sin and death on a spiritual level. Because of Christ, our sin will not be held against us in judgment on the day of salvation. We, ha- But we still have to walk this out. We still have to walk this newness of life out. In fact, Paul sheds some more light on this as we head back over to Ephesians in chapter 4. In verse 17, he says, I say this, I say and test, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous and they've given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That list that we just went over in Galatians is a good one. Another example of that. Verse 20. But that's not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So to walk in newness of life, we must stop walking like those who don't have Christ. We must put off our old self, like like taking off a coat and put on put on our new self, put a, put a new coat on. And this will take effort. 
It takes renewal in the spirit of your minds. That's what you're committed to here. That's what you're doing as as you invest time in God's word. You are committed to renewing the spirit of your mind. But as one final picture of this inspired by our song, we must, like Lazarus, rise up. As the scripture says, we must come forth. All right, so let's take this inspired opportunity to read the story of the resurrection of Lazarus in John chapter 11. Of course, we're already like 16 minutes into a 20-minute podcast, so that's going to be something that you're going to have to do on your own. But with all of this study and this thought toward being dead in our trespasses and sins, being made alive in Christ at salvation in order that we might walk in this newness of life, crucifying our flesh and its sinful desires, putting off our old life and putting on our new uh, self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Keep all that in mind and now go read the story of Lazarus and now see Jesus getting the glory for this resurrection moment. Uh let the light bulb shine on the value of walking in the light. Discover that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. All of this is declared in this story that whoever believes in him, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in him shall never die. All that's in this story in John chapter 11 about Lazarus. And I'm going to ask the question that Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? And if so, won't you, like Lazarus, come out of that grave? Rise up. Walk in newness of life. Unwind the strips of sin and death from your life that held you tightly in death. And walk in the freedom from sin that Christ's very death, burial, and resurrection purchased for you. So what's next? Well, take the journey we took on this week's podcast episode from death to life. Start in Ephesians chapter 2, stop off in Romans 6 before heading over to Galatians 2 and 5. Put on your new self in Ephesians 4. And once you've studied all of this, take in the story of Lazarus's resurrection in John 11. It will sparkle for you in new ways. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat, Instagram at Michelle Nizat, or on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning there. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. This challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You are never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address to, to michellekneesat.com forward slash 30-Day Challenge, and you're in. The number 30, 30 30-day challenge. Before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Roussel from the Philippines, Lilla from Australia, Marie from Georgia, Barbara from New York, Stephanie from New Hampshire, New Hampshire, Jerusha from Canada, Dawn from New Jersey, and Liliana from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my ben- my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I use on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. It's like the show notes. In that, in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can print it out. You get that email recap, the show notes of the week's episode, and you'll get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my podcast episodes 
from time to time. All of that, just my way of saying thank you for listening. I wish we could just sit across a table and have a cup of coffee and I could look you in the eye and say thank you for listening. But these free resources are just my way to do that. So just head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes yet? Uh, this really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. The The way the algorithms work in Apple and iTunes and all of that, so it kind of keeps me on the forefront. As always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Rebecca, who writes, I look forward to my Monday morning commute because of this podcast. Scripture in music already resonates deeply within me, blesses me, encourages me and corrects me. And she puts 2 Timothy 3.16. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm so grateful to you for digging more deeply into scripture and bringing us what you find. Thank you, Father. And thank you, Michelle. Well, thank you, Rebecca, for your kind review. I'm so honored to be a part of your week each week, reinforcing a love for scripture that God had already embedded in your heart. I'm so blessed to be a part of that. Now, of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Or you can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Who Am I by Need to Breathe to lead us to scripture. But if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 346. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.